Holy smokes. I, I, I was dragging feet. Your intrepid host, Chris Michaels, about doing a podcast because I got wrapped up in listening to classical music. I was uh, bopping to Debussy, Chopin, uh, who else? Uh, Bach and uh, Brahms. I, I mean, it just was a cavalcade of brilliant music writing. Uh, and I could never understand how they all did that. If you ever look into how these people wrote these scores... Uh, it is just mind-boggling. These people are able to see music in almost four or five dimensions and then coordinate it with every single instrument. Uh, for those of you that are into the Honeymooners, remember that show with Jackie Gleason? Jackie Gleason not only was an amazing actor and not only did President Nixon tell him and supposedly show him uh, alien bodies— uh, he was also a composer, so you can actually find albums of Jackie Gleason's orchestra, and he's just an amazing person. Same thing with Barry White. There is a reason why Barry White had the nickname The Maestro, because he orchestrated every one of his pieces, including the theme song to Love Boat. So these people are absolutely brilliant when they have this classical training behind him. I mean, speaking of brilliance, I am brilliant because I played violin for nine years, and I also have been playing uh, the 12-string guitar for, I don't at least 20 years, I think, something around that. Yeah, I think 22 or 23 years. So I do not play it nearly as often as I should or have in the past, but I do play it, and I do know how to play it. Ah, okay, so Rona McDaniel. Uh, Rona McDaniel is this pig, and she's the head of the RNC chair. Uh, she's the chairwoman for the RNC. So she's the person. She, If anybody has any fingers to point about why the Democrats have been winning since 2020 and 2022 and 2018, look no further than this greasy sow and also family member of Mitt Romney, Rona McDaniel. And it is finally coming to pass that people do not like this woman. Trump can't stand her. Anybody that is paying attention to Republican politics cannot put up with her. And thankfully, she said, after the South Carolina primary on February 24th, she is done. The only thing she actually did throughout all of this is lose. Her whole job was to make sure that the MAGA Republicans lose time and again. There was a whole bunch of reports that came out this week and uh, a little bit of last week, too, about how Rona McDaniel was spending all of the money that the Republicans were giving her. And basically, she was using it on vacations, uh, in an, an exorbitant amount of money on flowers and bouquets uh, and cars and everything else. Nothing, nothing actually being spent on winning elections. She's even throwing her support behind a Republican in name only in the New York district that Santos was kicked out of. Uh, this was the one I talked about. Uh, basically, this district covers a northern part of Nassau County on Long Island. Very, very wealthy. I believe it is Judge Angeron's district. And uh, George Santos lied and said he was Jewish, not Jewish, but he's sort of Jewish. He 
he is a kind of a Jew. He is Jewish. And you can't do that in that area. I mean, that district is predominantly old money, extremely wealthy Jewish people, especially if I think, if I'm right, Judge Angeron in that district, the incredibly corrupt anti-Trump judge lives in that district. You can't have somebody, a Republican like Santos, win that district and say, nah, I'm not Jewish, I'm just Jewish. They wouldn't put up with that, and so they kicked him out. Now the person on the Republican side is a registered Democrat, as far as I know, and this is the person that Rona McDaniel, head of the Republican, uh, was it National Committee, the RNC, head of the RNC, is supporting a Democrat running on a Republican ticket. Uh, yeah, okay. So this woman has got to go. So the real purpose behind Rona McDaniel's sabotaging and backstabbing of the Republican Party is to make sure that Trump MAGA supporters lost the election. She was more than likely coordinating with Mitt Romney, who was also an anti-Trump, anti-MAGA politician that would be more than happy to support unfettered immigration uh, and every other aspect of World Economic Forum policy under the sun. So these people, they don't like Trump. They hate Trump. They hate you, and they hate the Republican primary voters that are voting Trump in overwhelmingly. So how do they counter all of this? They sabotage the Republican vote, and that's exactly what Rona McDaniel did, along with Mitch McConnell and his dumb wife and his equally hideous daughter, Porter. So, uh, brief brief little bio on Mitch McConnell. His wife tied to Chinese logistical companies. Gee, I wonder what could happen there. I wonder what kind of dirty dealings her family over in China could be involved with. Hmm, I don't know. Just look at how Mitch McConnell was trying to sabotage the efforts so far this week with the border bill, right? He's out there saying, oh, we'll only allow 5,000 illegals per day, and then we're going to shut off the spigot and not allow people in until tomorrow. Well, guess what? That's what's been happening already, so nothing is going to change. Oh, they don't want these 10,000 migrants to come across the border in one day. Okay, well, those instances are outliers. The current trend is about 5,000 illegals per day. So in other words, they're trying to pass a law that would basically say um, we're going to maintain the current levels and we're going to codify it, and that's just going to be it. These people do not care about this country. They are selling this country out. They do not care about the Constitution. They don't care about your rights. They don't care about your vote. Mitch McConnell's daughter, Porter McConnell, she is the campaign manager for something called Take on Wall Street, and she is the co-author of Wall Street Makes Bank on Trump 2017 in review. So she previously ran the Financial Transparency Coalition, a global network of civil society, government representatives, and experts working to stop illicit financial flows out of developing countries. Um, okay, uh, like the Ukraine and what your father supports time and again, uh, money laundering through developing countries. She has advocated on foreign aid policy and domestic resource mobilization issues at Oxfam, and one campaign prior to her international work. Oh, 
I wonder if she's involved with the same kind of international work that Hunter Biden is involved with, Mitt Romney's son, Paul Pelosi and Nancy Pelosi's son. Maybe it's the same kind of money laundering efforts that we've seen in the Ukraine. Maybe that has something to do with it, because I doubt Mitch McConnell would pass up something like that. So she was involved in, oh, of course, Climate change. Yes, naturally. Oh, before coming to Washington, Porter was based in Bogota, Colombia, where she created a network of Latin American NGOs implementing social enterprise activities. In other words, CIA fronts. So more than likely, she is a CIA contractor, if not directly employed by the CIA, because there's no other reason to go into Colombia. So that's the kind of pedigree that we have to deal with as the American voters are being force-fed these policies that nobody likes, that no honest-to-God, red-blooded American citizen, left or right, Democrat or Republican, conservative, Green Party, doesn't matter. Any citizen of the United States are should be absolutely disgusted by what's been going on over the past four years with Biden. It is so bad, so bad that even New York citizens are starting to say enough is enough because they can't handle it anymore. You've got streets lined with illegals. You've got crime going through the roof. I mean, there was that story that came out, brief interview, I think it was on CNN, where it was a mic drop moment where everybody was just silent. They had some stooge on, and he was asked a question. Oh, well, how come... How come the migrants don't steal anything in Florida? Because as you know, if you steal below a certain amount in New York City or San Francisco or San Diego or whatever, the cops won't do anything to you. I think the dollar amount is $999. So you can go into a CVS, a Target, and whatever else. As long as you don't go above $1,000, it doesn't matter. The cops can arrest you, but they'll just release you. So that's why none of these people are actually getting arrested and none of this crime is actually being curtailed. So he was asked, well, how come these people steal in New York, but they don't steal in Florida? And the response was, well, they'll put you in jail if you start stealing in Florida. It's shocker. News. Everybody should stop and listen to this. You mean if somebody commits a crime in Florida, they get put in jail regardless of the price? I mean, it could be 50 bucks, could be 100 but they get thrown in jail for committing crime. That is just outrageous. How could this happen? That's how sick and tired these people are. They were stunned by that answer that, oh, somebody can go into the clink for stealing. That's how, It's crazy, crazy talk here. They're just getting their just desserts. They're trying to go in there and steal bread and milk and eggs for their family because they're so hungry, as AOC likes to reference all the time. It is so bad in these states like New York and New Jersey that you even have Donald Trump saying he has got a pretty good shot at flipping those states to Republicans. Because if you're not living in a city like New York City or Hoboken or anything like that in New Jersey— more than likely, you are a pro-Trump voter. Now, notice I didn't say Republican or MAGA or Democrat or Independent. More than likely, you are a pro-Trump voter. And it's not shocking, especially if you live in these areas. I live in the outskirts of New York City. Thankfully, I do not live in New York City itself because I don't think I could stand it with all those lunatics in there. But 
I wouldn't be surprised if New York actually went to Trump last time. And you'll never find that out because you have the electronic voting machines and they'll be able to cover it all up. So he said, do I think we have a chance? New York has changed a lot in two years. We've got migrants all over the streets. They're living on Madison Avenue. Nobody can believe what's happened to New York. And people are unhappy because the crime rates have hit record levels. And this can be flipped. New York people are angry. People that have never voted for me because I'm a Republican, I mean they're Democrats, I think they're going to vote for me. So I think we're going to have a good New York heavy shot. The other thing is, and very importantly, is New Jersey. I think New Jersey can be flipped. I think Virginia can be flipped. I think New Mexico can be flipped. Minnesota. So Trump is tapping into something. If he's so confident that he can flip these kinds of states, there is polling going on that is not being made public. And the poll numbers and what the Trump team is being shown is that people hate these Democrat policies. They despise the Biden administration. And there's enough voters on the outskirts and in the suburbs outside of these Democrat bastions of liberalism to make a difference in which way the state goes during this election cycle. That's how big this is. And so if uh, back in 2020, okay, I remember watching which counties, and in 2022 as well, I remember watching how these counties were going in the elections. You had multiple counties in upstate New York have the same voter turnout. Well, that's impossible. One, because these counties in upstate New York they are not that populated. But the voting numbers were far surpassing any kind of population totals. So you have more votes than actual people. And then on top of that, because you had more votes than actual people, you had something like 113% voter turnout, 120% voter turnout in some of these counties. How is that even possible? You cannot have more than 100% turnout. You never have more especially in a midterm like 2022, you never really have more than 30% turnout. That's on both sides. So think about that. Even In a presidential election, depending upon what state you're in, depending upon if there's apathy, like you're not going to, if you're a Republican, you generally don't vote in a Democrat state, but maybe these polls that Trump is tapping into are telling a different story. Uh, the voter turnout in a Democrat state could be like 50% because we all know it's going to go Democrat. But in states like Arizona, I think the voting turnout was around 70% in some instances. It's always around 70 to 80% voter turnout in an election year for a president. So that's the other part. The final problem is how could you have in these New York counties, how could you have identical voter turnouts in multiple counties? That ain't possible. You're never going to have the same exact population totals from county to county. You're never going to have the same voting totals from county to county. And you're never going to be able to get 120% voter turnout. So that's why I tend to agree with Trump's assessment here that he could, in fact, turn over these states to the Republican side for him in the next election. And this has Chuck Schumer apoplectic. 
He can't stand it. First off, I don't know if you've ever seen Chuck Schumer. He's got an enormous chin that you can land an airline cargo plane on. And he always has these condescending, deface-looking glasses that he puts all the way down at the end of his nose, and he always looks above them. Like, that's supposed to be giving off some kind of air of authority. But no, all I want to do is say, go away. Put a paper bag over your head and leave. Nobody cares about you. Well, he's just so upset. He's blaming Donald Trump. That's right. Still blaming Donald Trump for his flaccid example of political leadership. Too many Republicans, including Speaker Johnson, are scared of Donald Trump. That's right. It's Donald Trump's fault. Everybody is scared of him. Why? Because Donald Trump, according to Chuck Schumer, is responsible for destroying the immigration bill. You remember that bill? Oh, we'll give money to the non-governmental organizations that are engaging in human trafficking. We'll give money to Israel. We'll give money to the Ukraine as well. Uh, and that's going to solve the border crisis. Oh, and by the way, we'll limit the amount of immigrants that can come across at 5,000 people per day, which is currently the daily average as it is and has been. Uh, yeah, big, big deal here. Yeah, it's all Donald Trump's fault. You know whose fault it was? It was essentially the crowdsourcing efforts on X going through this miserable bill because what Chuck Schumer does and what Mitch McConnell does is that they put these bills before Congress members. And these bills, 1,000 pages, 3,000 pages, tens of thousands of pages. So these bills— who, by the way, they're written by lobbyists. So people like Chuck Schumer, Mitch McConnell, they don't read these bills. All they want them to do is vote yes on these bills. That's all there is. So the crowdsourcing efforts on X where people, citizen journalists, combed through this bill and said, you've got to be effing kidding me. And that's what really happened. What you had was an informed voter. And they don't want that. So they must blame it on Trump. Trump is the big problem. He is the source of misinformation, disinformation, malinformation. No, Mitch McConnell. Well, yeah, Mitch McConnell and Senator Schumer. No, absolutely not. You are the problem. All of you are the problem. Because you and your cronies do not have a strong case to say, I do what's right for my district. I do what's right for my country. You've got all of these media toadies that run cover for you because, oh, we need to start another war. Oh, we need to adjust this country's voting status. Oh, but how? Uh, by the census, which impacts which states get how many House of Representative members, and also by default impacts the Electoral College and what electoral votes will be aligned to which state, right? So all of these people that are flooding this country, they're altering the distribution of the House of Representative members. That's why they don't care if these people get, le get legal or not. 
They don't care if these people become citizens because the census does not factor in whether or not these people are citizens. It just factors in population. And that census data is used, so counting people, is used to determine how these voting blocks get made up. So if these people somehow become citizens before Biden is done here, all the better, because then, of course, it's going to be a Democrat vote. But if they can't get that down the throat of everybody, then it's going to be the other thing I mentioned. So you even have the Washington Post, which, by the way, the Washington Post. uh, Okay, so it's the CIA's Washington Post, right? They're trying to make a distinction to blame it more on Trump. Blame it on Trump. It's got to be Trump. It's got to be Trump. They're saying, well, the Trump document case is a lot different than Biden's document case because Trump, he did it willfully. He knew what he was taking and he decided to hide it. And not only did he decide to hide it the first time, but he kept the really juicy documents in a super secret hiding spot that they didn't find the first time through. But Joseph Biden, good old Joe, nah, that's just Joe. That's just, uh, he meant to do it on accident. And it was only a small number of records. And on top of it, just because he left all of these classified marked documents in his garage strewn across the floor, where Hunter Biden was coming and going, where the Secret Service refuses to release the logs of who visited the Hunter Biden and Joseph Biden estate on the weekends or during the week. Yet that's not a big deal. That's that's not a big deal. Despite the fact that Joseph Biden had those classified documents whilst he was vice president and senator, which, by the way, is illegal, Trump could have those documents because as president, he could say, I declassified said documents. Right? That's how bad this is. And if anybody doubts you and says, well, Trump, uh, he's, he's clearly... He's clearly a uh, a criminal because he took these documents. If he was so criminal and took all these documents then, and he did not have presidential privilege to declassify whatever he wants, then why was he impeached? You can't impeach a non-president. I mean, I guess you could. You could do the Mayorkas thing. Then why did they come through? The, why did they go through the presidential impeachment process? Right? Doesn't make sense otherwise. And that's what you have to worry about. Because these people, they don't care. They're running roughshod over everything. You know what? I think I'm going to leave it there. I had a couple of other stories I was going to get to, but I'm not going to do it because I'm tired. I'm going to go back to listening to classical music and, uh, and call it a night. So I'll be back, as always, for another couple of podcasts this week. I'll get to some of the stories that I did not get to uh, today. And uh, I'll reference uh, one of my favorite people, Catherine Austin Fitz. And she is talking about how 
they need, they being the states, need to create an independent form of finance so that the transactions can continue without the overbearing federal government. Very, very interesting. So I'll be back tomorrow. You know what to do. Like me, find me, share me. And also Mondays, um, I'm going to be starting something new. Uh, It will be on the America Out Loud network. I will only be on Mondays. It will be for an hour. Uh, But I may not be doing my podcast on Mondays anymore uh, just because I I, I do not have the time. I mean, I, I may do it. I may not. It just depends upon what I what I how how far I get with the old energy. Uh, but Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Thursdays, as always, I will be here. Otherwise, Mondays I will be on the America Out Loud Network, and I'll share all of those links as uh, we get closer to that. Okay, I'll be back. This is Chris Michaels, and this has been the Last Call podcast.